Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hi all, welcome to episode 35 of the Mr. Money Jar Show. Hope everyone is good. I'm going to be joined today by Bav, uh, the founder of Simply Budget and one of my favorite um, Instagram pages. So looking forward to speaking to him today. The theme being how to be the CEO of your life, how to apply the principles that companies use in managing their finances to your personal finances. And um, even that Bev is a qualified accountant. I, I think that um, we're gonna have a great conversation today. Let's see who's in the chat. Hey, Elliot Footwear, good to see you. Toby, good to see you. Rule the field. Wicked, wicked. The box unlocked. Machelia, I hope I'm pronounced that properly. Miss Personal Finance. Seriously, Shania. Eli Fashion, good to see you all. Let's try and get, um, oh, wicked, Mr. Avocado. How's it going, man? Um, let's get Simply Budget into. Hey, Timmy. How's it going, mate? Very good. Good, good to, to see you. Yeah, it's finally good to, to get in touch properly, albeit, albeit virtually, though. Yeah, it's just uh, how it is at the moment. How's it going, man? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's going well, thanks. I've just, just had a few pings from work, so just trying to put that aside for the next, for the next hour. Um, so just finishing up for the day. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, today was really good. I really, yeah. like, um, I really like the start of new months because um, yeah. it's when I get to look back I look back at my budget, I look back at all my goals and yeah. all of that. And um, yeah, I just it's just a nice new beginning for me. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's jump straight in. Um, please tell, tell everyone who you are and uh, a bit about your page and, and what you do professionally as well, because that's that's the expertise you're bringing to this conversation. <laughs> sure. Cheers for having me on, Timmy. Um, so yeah, my name's Bab. Um, by day, I've, I'm an economic analyst um, that works in a field of international tax for professional services company. Um, cool. And through that is where I obtained my chartered accountant's qualification. And I think I finished it about two years ago. So, so I've been in the job for about four years now. And what, what we really, what, what is really good about that job is what we do get to do is go inside companies and really slice, slice these companies up. So we go inside, we have to understand what their value chain is, how do they drive profits, um, how do they create value? And then we have to simplify that data and write, write it in a, in a way that's concise and simplified for someone who doesn't know what that business is, which is usually the tax authority. Um, so that's what I do by day. And then obviously by night, I run the Simply Budget page, something I've been doing for about uh, eight months now, I think. So I think June 24th last year is when I started. Um, 
and just think I was just thinking about it today and why why I really started my journey on personal finances and I think what was happening is I was getting quite frustrated that you know I was working quite hard at work 40 50 60 sometimes 70 hours a week and it'd come to the end of the month and I'd be like Where, where's all my money gone and that and I, and I came to the end of the three years of my grad scheme and it was the same same thing it was like well, I've been doing this for three years now I haven't I've, I've, although I might have progressed in my career I haven't exactly progressed in my financial personal life and I was kind of projecting that into the future into the next 10 years what I was realizing that is that although my income might have been gradually going up my lifestyle and my my well just growing older the things that come in your way when you get older you know uh, having a house a wedding kids etc etc I'm going to end up in the same situation every single month and you know 20 30 years could fly by and I'd be in the same position so, so sorry to cut you but we've had a comment saying sure please please put your hands down and away from your face i think that the viewers want to see you fully in uh, the flesh there we go there we go is that a lot better yeah that's cool man brilliant yeah so um yeah so what i was what i was realizing is that you know 20 30 years might fly by and i'd be still in the same fi financial position so i really had to take stock of where i was and what i was going to do and that's when I realized the power of sim simply budgeting, essentially. So having your income, your expenses, your assets and liabilities in front of you and really understanding how to, you know, move, move forward whilst also having a goal and having some progress. So what I love about budgeting is that it, you can actually see how you're progressing throughout life um, and how you progress. So every month you can see that you're progressing every single month. And that, that's what I wanted to see. When did you first start budgeting? Because I think I've told this story a couple of times on, on, the, um, on the lives before, but I started budgeting in 2017. And I did it because at the time, at the start of that year, I turned up to a gym and um, did the whole new year, new me thing. It lasted for a month. Um, I tried to leave the gym. It was one of the pay monthly ones. Yep. And um, fast forward to August of that year, I checked my bank statements. So can you imagine, like eight months later, like reviewed my finances and just noticed that there was a payment that had come out yeah. um, from the gym. And when I look back over the course of a year, it turned out I'd spent over a hundred quid on this gym I wasn't using. And from then I decided to have a monthly budgeting habit. Yeah. I had kept spreadsheets before, but I, I wasn't that regular with it. And I think like completely, I think like budgeting is so important. And um, when you get into the habit, there's this momentum you build up whether you're um, saving towards a property purchase or investing. It's just a really good feeling to like that. And also that's why the like, first of the month yeah. is my favorite day of the month because yeah. you yeah. get to just review everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I look forward to what I do with mine at the end of the month. But I remember there was a situation where I wouldn't look at my bank statements for months at a time because I'd be worried about yeah. what the consequences were. So yeah, going back to your question, I think um, I think it was I was in my second year of working, so I think similar to you, 2017, and I was sitting in in one of the the classes that we were given, and we, we just had a break with one of my, one of my friends called Chris, and we were we were having the same conversation. We're like, we've been doing this for a while now, and where is all our money going? And that's when we started to track down all our income all our expenses i think what was useful for me was having a revolut card and every month i'd put x amount of money in there and use that and when it was finished it was finished you know i had, I had to then make sure i looked at it every single day regularly 
to see that number going down because once that number was finished, that was me for the end of the month. I couldn't really do Jacob's, much. Jacob's, Jacob's cream crackers time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. With water. Yeah, yeah, ramen and water and all of that. Yeah, Rice yeah. and noodles. Um, yeah, definitely. But then, yeah, also the other thing I was going to say is that you know we we live in a, we live in a life in a world right now where seven I think something like seventy percent of our financial decisions are driven by emotions rather than data, and I believe that if we can switch that where we understand what the consequences, good or bad, of our financial decisions are. So, for example, if I'm purchasing a car in finance. I know that I'm going to be paying X amount for the next X years. I know what the consequences are financially. I, I won't be able to invest this money. So therefore, I won't be, I'll be further away from my financial goals. Mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Just having that, just ensuring that your, your decisions are driven by data rather than emotions. Of course, emotions are going to play into it with some respect, but, but the majority of decisions, I think, should be driven by, by data for sure. I read um, Ray Dalio's principles and um, he mentions, I think, I think it's him anyway, that you should actually take both. You should use both your head and your heart, but you should be able to reconcile your emotions with the data and not the other way around. Yeah. So like, if you feel a certain way and it's backed up by data, go for it. If you just feel a certain way and there's no actual evidence or data behind it, then you may want to reconsider and just in the chat, as we're speaking, um, a few people are saying that the revenue method is smart. I use Monzo in its place. Um, that's from BLK, BLK. And Zizi has said, yeah, I'm a Monzo girl too. I think, um, so this idea for people not familiar with it is instead of trying to stick to a budget, you, um, you don't spend out of the bank account you get paid into. Mm-hmm. Um, and you instead top up a separate card and then you spend that money for the month. And you can create whatever criteria you want to to spend from that card. I think I've, I've personally in the past used, um, used it for travel and things like lunches and stuff. But what happens is instead of you imposing a limit on yourself, you just spend and then when you check the app, you see that number's coming down and you just adjust over the course of the month. It's a really low friction way to build up a budgeting habit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just touch, touching on that as well, I think the way I look at the world now is that everybody is trying to own a piece of your paycheck. So all these social media companies, all this advertising that you come across every single day through you know, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, even though you might think it's harmless, you know, you've got advertising wherever you go 24 seven and it's now with cookies, et cetera, it's all advertising that's, that's relevant for you. So, you know, my, my weakness is gym gear and I know that's my weakness and that's all I see when I scroll through Instagram. And there's been cases before where I'll just look at it. Oh, Gymshark's got a sale. Let me buy it. Whereas right now I know that Gymshark's trying to target me so that I'm going to be more conscious about spending it, uh, spending money with it. And then, you know, I look at the clothes that I've got in my cupboard. I've already bought last two years ago, whatever, a year ago, three months ago, I already bought gym clothes. And am I, am I using it as much as I thought? Probably not. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way I look at money now is that kind of just being intentional and being understanding that, Every one pound you spend is one pound that's kind of, I kind of go by, I kind of go by a three-step rule every time I get my credit card or debit card out. And it's the first, is it a necessity? So is it food or rent or bills? So is it a necessity for me to live by? Um, so then I'll be, I'll be okay. I'll be happy with spending that money. Is it making me happier? And I, and I don't mean by that as immediate gratification. I mean, long-term, is this going to 
increase my happiness. So where I look at that is that is experiences and traveling. I know that that time can't be bought back. So I don't mind spending that money and traveling and having new experiences. And the third one is, is it investing into my future? So mm-hmm. if I'm invest, so right now I could easily happily put my savings into, into my brokerage account because I know that money is going to be invested into my future. So every time I do get my bank account, I, I kind of go by those three, three rules. And if it meets those criterias, then, you know, I'd happy to, I'd be happy to spend that money. Yeah, I think that that's a really um, logical way to break down, break down spending wants, needs, and um, future future goals. So, for the people that tuned in, um, they want to hear specifically about ways that you can operate a bit more like a profitable company, um, be the CEO of of your life, if you will, which I think is a very um, good way to operate. So let's start from the very beginning and let's actually talk about some companies that you like. What companies or what types of companies are out there that you, you're like, I really like the way that they handle their finances or, or yeah. maybe the heads, the heads of companies? Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's a great question. And, and really, I mean, the, t- the two people I look, look up to is, you know, Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos, obviously. Um, All right. Because I think the you know I think what they've been looking at and the principle that I worked is it's just the, this long term vision. So they've understood that, you know, Amazon didn't make a profit for many years. Warren Buffett's invested. So it's never about these immediate gains and immediate profits that they've been seeing. It's just every time re reinvesting their money into more into more things and more things that will make them more money and letting that compound yeah. snowball over time. And then you know that's that's now. Hey, hey, yeah, cool. Um, the weekly, the weekly live (laughs) freeze. Um, I, I, you, the last thing I heard you say was that you liked, um, Warren Buffett and Jeff because they, they reinvest into, uh, into their, their companies essentially. Yeah. So they're not looking to make a profit, a quick buck and leave in the game. It's just every time they make profits, they just put it straight back into the company and it just grows and grows and compounds. So, and, and their vision is long-term, which is, which is kind of what I um, promote on my page. Yeah, that's really true. Um, in terms of Warren Buffett, he acquired Berkshire Hathaway in the 60s and um, it was a textiles company at that point in time and it wasn't doing very well either. But he knew that if he could... Um, buy companies that made lots of that generated a lot of cash he could use that cash to then buy other cash generating companies and if he figured that if he just didn't spend any money he'd become really rich and yeah. that paid off for him in terms of jeff i think his approach has been um, really interesting as well because it's almost if he knew from the outset that um the internet was going to be a big thing and he started off selling books but there was a scope for things to broaden out over time which is of of course, is what's happened. You can buy almost anything on Amazon now, um, just over 20 years later. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you then take these principles and apply them to your personal finances? Yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially that's, that's what I'm here to talk about today. Is, 
is you know what what I started to realize when I when I was working and looking and reading into these companies is that you know there there must be a reason why these companies are profitable why we're working for these companies and and they make hopefully they're making a profit year on year and they're doing that for for many years and many years to come and what I started to realize there was kind of six principles that were the foundations and the fundamental fundamentals for why they were succeeding so if i if i begin with the first one and it, and some of them of course are obvious um which is the first one is is also obvious which is companies look to maximize their income and minimize their expenses so you know if you think of apple um there's a reason you know although it might have been slightly controversial that there's reasons why they've outsourced the production of their iPhones overseas there's a reason why amazon instead of uh, delivering via DHL and UPS they took that in house and started started doing them to to by themselves BMW for example might source might look to source cheaper products to put in their cars although trying to maintain the quality of those products essentially what they're trying to do is they're trying to maximize the top line of their financial statements and also maximize the bottom line um because there's no point having a good top line so a good profit and having nothing left at the end of it because you've just you know you've just spent all of your profits with the trying to operate and and have all that, those expenses so mm-hmm. i guess if we try to apply that to our own circumstances you know firstly i think the fundamentals for anyone in personal finance is minimizing your expenses because that's 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 going to take you a lot further than maximizing your income if you minimize your expenses it's technically like getting a raise or promotion because you find yourself having an extra few hundred pounds every month yeah yeah um, but what, so- what 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 have you done um specifically in your life cuz i've i've got a couple of examples and maybe the people listening have examples do uh, do as well what have you done in the past to minimize your expenses i know you can kind of you can shop you know for um Sainsbury's basics and you can um i don't know cancel subscriptions and stuff but have there been any big wins for you yeah so i think the, the biggest win or one what that was hard to swallow at the time was moving outside of london so i moved out of london okay. and moved back in with my parents and so luckily i work in a company where they have offices in different cities across um the uk so i was able to switch to the to the local office and you know i had to say bye to 3 years of working and building relationships with clients etc for that fresh start and and that was the the best thing that i could have done because i, I then you know got rid of all the unnecessary expenses well, well expenses that came with renting um and kind of started at the minimum and that collided with the same time covid happened so i i managed to remove rent and also my travel expenses at the same time but yes. beyond that what i what i was able to do is um instead of eating takeaways i had a i had a meal plan so what tends to happen when i used to go shopping for for food and clothes um you just end up putting things in into your basket that you didn't go in expecting to buy and yeah. next thing you know you go from 10 pounds to 30 pounds so yeah. every time i went into the supermarket i made sure i knew what i was eating that week i didn't have any excess you know waste that was going out and i remember even even ikea once i went for a trip and i spent the week before that planning and knowing what i wanted to buy in ikea so i literally yeah. went in there what went in there knew what i wanted to buy and put it in my basket whereas if i didn't do that i would have bought maybe another 100 yeah. 200 pounds of stuff yeah you would have you would have come home with a bed and a kitchen unit yeah. um 
No, I, I, that's really interesting that you say that you moved outside of London because one of the big grins I had in the past was the inverse of that. So I used to, um, my fir the first proper house that I rented in was in zone three. And um, I lived in, uh, shout out Niaz in the, uh, in the uh, comments. Guan the bros, he says. Um, Niaz, one me, me, and, me and Niaz actually went to the same university back in the day. Oh, wow. We, in the same year, we're actually in the same, same campus as well. I wonder what they put in the water. Like everyone just left. I was like, I need to start a money page. Can tell people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry you were saying. But my thing was actually the inverse of that. So I, I used to work in zone one in the middle of London and I used to live in zone three, which meant that my monthly travel card cost £150 a month getting on the Northern Line into work. What I then did, because the, um, the woman I was seeing at the time, the woman who's now my uh, fiance, uh, moved to Kennington. And I didn't realize that you could live in Kennington. I thought that Kennington was just a junction. Did you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just a yeah. tube station. Yeah, just a stop. I moved to zone one, and the net result of that meant that I could walk to work, which meant that every month I had like 150, 200 pounds back in my pocket. And if I ever messed up and was late, then I could just get the bus, which was a lot cheaper. Um, this is obviously less relevant in COVID times, but um, looking for ways that you can slash the costs on the, like if you line up your monthly expenses, your fixed monthly expenses and go, all right, the things I'm paying the most for, how can I slice 10, 20, 30% of this cost? That's money immediately mm -hmm. back in the yeah. pocket. Yeah. And sometimes you might need to venture outside of your comfort zone um sometimes you might need to you know pull a couple of strings i know people who asked to have their rent reduced last year when the lockdowns first happened and they saved 25 percent on their rent if you can get creative about it then you can definitely minimize your expenses that way for sure cool. and i think yes yeah, suppliers are a big one so just looking at comparing on, on suppliers making sure they don't auto renew and just checking every year yeah um I also, what you just said, just give me an idea. I also think um, like really understanding, I know I harp on about this a lot, but understanding how much you actually want to spend on stuff is also important. So back in the day when I was less financially literate, I used to get like a cashback credit card and spend on it to get cashback. And I'd feel really good about myself when the cashback payment came at the end of the year. But if you actually look at how much you've spent to earn that cash back then you spent over and above yeah so that's where the you know the brilliance of that monzo card um technique comes in is that you're essentially having like a monthly fun fund that you spend that is a set amount that you agree up front um and, and also like uh like your, your mention of um meal planning as well like you know food is a big one you can you know, a, a 20 pound Nando's once a week for a year is like a grand, which is crazy mm -hmm. when yeah. you think about it, but cool. So once you've minimized your expenses, what would you say is the next step? Yeah, so then, so then I guess you can start, I guess you can start looking at maximizing your income. But I think before that, you know, moving on to the second principle is um, companies ensure they have sufficient cash flow to fund their day-to-day -day operations. So what that, what that translates to is, although, for example, an Apple might invest all its money in machinery 
um, investing in technology, investing in people, or a company might be buying raw material that goes into the production process to come out with a T-shirt or a car, etc. If they don't have cash available on that day to pay for their bills and their suppliers and the people that they that work for them, etc., they will have they will essentially go bankrupt. And it's happened many times before. And I guess the lesson we can learn from that is an emergency fund is absolutely fundamental for us. Yes. Because it does three things. Um, it protect well, obviously, it protects you from emergencies. So if you do have an emergency, you know you can pay for that. It it stops you from getting into debt and relying on consumer debt to get yourself out of that emergency, which can have long lasting consequences. So using a credit card to pay for a boiler repair, for example, you might end up paying for the next three, four, five years minimum payments of eight pounds a month, and that's how the credit card companies essentially earn their money, right? Yeah. And the last thing is it it stops you from having to sell your investments, which are sat there, you know, invested in compounding. So it, it stops you from having to sell those and stop stopping that growth to pay for an emergency. So that's my second rec- recommendation is to ensure you have an emergency fund of, you know, between three to 12 months of expenses just there ready for a rainy day. Yeah. Um, and to build upon what you said um, in terms of cash flow management, I know you mentioned the credit card um, as, it, as something that can scupper you from a cash flow perspective. But I do think that responsible use of low or zero percent interest well i'll just say zero percent um interest debt can help with cash flow for example um you could and again this is another travel example so um isn't uh relevant for right now you could buy an annual travel card on a credit card knowing that you have the cash there and then pay off the credit card each month um, and the amount that you'll pay each month is less than what you'll pay if you if you paid for a monthly um, for a monthly uh, travel card. And zero, like zero percent debt, as long as you have the cash up front, can help you from a from a cash flow perspective um, as well. In 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 my view. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess one of the things that I did is instead of getting it. A cash a credit card that offered me cash back and rewards. I actually went for a credit card that didn't give me any rewards because I knew mentally, if I knew that there was a reward coming, like you said earlier, one percent, I would have just ended up spending more. So as long as I, you know, I, for me, the rewards right now don't weigh up to the amount of extra spending that I might have done, which is why I kind of stuck with my non non reward credit card. Yeah, and and then another thing that just came to me is. Um... I actually speak to my um, bill providers and I ask them to take out my bills on specific days of the month just so that I can plan. So I think as I speak now, all my bills come out on or around the first. I've just like lined everything up just so I know that's when everything's coming out and I don't get caught out by random bills at random times of the month. If you pay by direct debit, you should definitely be able to, to have that conversation with your, your provider. Yep, definitely. All right, nice. So we've reduced our expenses. We've, um, we're managing our cash flow. We're, we're in a good cash flow situation. Then what else would, might a company do? Yeah, so, so the third one is every single year, companies look to reinvest as much profits as they can back into the business. So, for example, Apple this year, I think I looked at their statement uh, for last financial year, 
And even though they made 28 billion pounds in profits, they didn't take that and go for a massive holiday and buy mansions, etc. They invested, for, they paid a little bit to their dividends for, as dividends to their shareholders. They invest, reinvested back into their technology, back into their products, back into their people, so that they continue growing and growing. So the way we can look at our finances is that the difference between our income and expenses, i.e. our savings, is actually our profits. So when we take our um, profits, which is our savings, and, and reinvest that back into to our machine, and by our, our machine is uh, mental well-being, physical well-being, and financial well-being, we can actually yeah. grow. So it's not, all yeah. of, it's not just about investing in finances monthly. It's you know, things that will help you grow into the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to highlight some of the comments that have come through because I think um, you're getting a lot of love, the things you're saying. Sure. Um, so Spotter Dave says, uh, it's all about the non-cash rewards for credit cards, e.g. Uh, British Airways Amex. Yes, um, have uh, an Amex, uh, Jenny and I. Sagal says, all my bills come out on the first best thing I've ever done. Yeah, it's just uh, less of an admin hassle. Um and then Spot the Dave again says, I've, been, I've flown all around all around the world for pennies and been upgraded to first class at no extra cost to me. I think that's where you like ask them when you're in the, in the airport. That's the sneaky one. And then uh, Dave also says, great live guys, valuable content. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I think that uh, I can't agree more. I'm so happy that you mentioned mental well-being, uh, physical well-being and um, financial well-being. Because I used to be really scared of public speaking. It used to be just horrible for me. Even what we're doing now, speaking to camera um, in a capacity where I could be seen by people, was just the last thing I wanted to do. So I actually went to Toastmasters for a year with my cousin. I actually joined two Toastmasters groups. Right. Um, I joined one in central London and I joined one in south London. I went with my cousin. Um, I've also done improv classes and I did this because I realized that if I learned how to publicly speak, that's a, you know, that's a skill that's going to serve me for the rest of my life. That's something I could be paid to do. That's something that um, other people are likely to not want to do. And it's come in, in handy. Like it just continues to pay off again and again and again. So reinvesting into yourself absolutely is is the way forward yeah 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 definitely and i guess i guess that's one of the reasons why i reached out to you last week was you know there was only so much value i could give over post posting three times a week for example i think i was able to give more value during conversations like this which is hopefully why why, why i jumped on on, on the show today <laughs> so my, my, my cousin's <laughs> My cousin is in the chat. He's just commented, your cousin sounds like a great dude. I think my cousin sounds biased. Um, <laughs> I can definitely vouch for that. <laughs> um, and my 31 project says, did you find Toastmasters useful? I definitely found Toastmasters useful. And I would, um, I would recommend it to anyone. Bab, for you, what are your top three biggest reinvestments back into yourself to date, would you say? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I think, firstly, experiences. Like, I think I live for experiences, and I think the last year has taught me that um, I want to experience stuff more. Like, for example, when I was 21, I think I spent 
four grand on a two month trip to South America. And okay. I could have reflected on it being, oh no, that's four grand that I could have, that could be compounding and invested and I could have done this and that. But I look back and I don't regret it because that's time I'll never get back. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I live for experiences rather than material, materialistic possessions, which is one mm -hmm. thing I like to invest in. The second is physical well-being. So, you know, I'd happily, so I think the whole of last year I had a personal trainer that I was paying for and I'd happily pay that money again because it's physical well-being that I'm, that I'm looking to, you know, maintain and grow for the next, you know, 20, 30, yeah. 40 years. And I know it served me, it's probably one of the best, you know, invested, returning investments, to be fair. Yeah. And then finally, yeah, of course, financial well-being, investing in something that you understand. So I think one of the points that I'm going to speak about later is investing in things that you understand. So for me, you know, I, I don't understand, um, I don't know, let's say Forex. So I don't invest in Forex, you know, I, I understand index funds. So that's where I put my money. Um, mm -hmm. I'm looking to go into the property space. So I'm, I've been last year, I've been doing all I can to learn about property. Um, so that, so that, yeah, third thing is, is, is financial investments and reinvestments. Yeah. And, um, let's not forget, um, cause we just had a comment, um, from the Cameroonian wolf saying I read over 50 books last year, all that education more than paid for itself. Um, I think the, the American, um, personal finance author, Remy Seti, um, says he has basically, there's no limit on the amount he'll spend on books. And I, I don't know if, how you feel about that, but I think that's spot on. I think like, reading is just so important. Yeah, the, the last Christmas that just went by, everyone was just asking me what I wanted for Christmas. And all I said was I had a book list and that's what I asked for. So luckily yeah. I, got, I got a few books over Christmas and that's what I'm going to continue doing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, let's, let's touch upon this concept of investing in uh, what you understand and then I'll hit you with some of the, uh, the rapid, fire, rapid fire questions. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, so, I mean, it might sound pretty obvious, but there's a reason why Coca-Cola aren't in the industry of selling planes or making planes or flying, flying planes. It's because they understand the process of um, Coke, producing Coke and selling Coke, right? And it's the same that same principle that we can learn. It's, it's you know, a lot of people try to, especially with social media, is they see people making ridiculous gains trying to invest in that space and getting burnt. So yeah. I always promote people to invest in what they understand. So when someone asks me, what shall I invest in? I don't say, you know, you should invest in X, Y, and Z. I, I kind of direct them to the pros and cons of that argument and let them make that decision and understand the investment. Because there's no point in me saying to someone to invest in an index fund when they're looking to make 100% return in the next week. Um, and, and I think that's one of the principles from... Um, millionaire next door so mm -hmm. i think one of the what they say the three principles that you know everyday millionaires have is that they budget um is that they know that financial independence is more important than looking flashy and the third one is that they invest in what they understand so then what that means is you can kind of ride out the, the peaks and troughs of those investments because you, you you understand the long-term picture of why they're there for yeah but it's also key to um say as well that the maxim of investing in what you understand is not a call to passivity it's not saying that you shouldn't try to broaden your level of understanding you should just yeah. know yeah yeah what you invest in at the point you invest in it 
and social media and the internet, just the freedom with which you can find out about investments and the speed at which news travels, is going to make for a very interesting future, I think. Um, if we look at the fact that Elon Musk, I can't remember if he's still the richest person in the world um, or whether Jeff Bezos overtook him. But I found that very interesting because I kind of read that as being like, Elon Musk is no doubt um, a very hardworking person and a visionary um, in his uh, field, but he's also a celebrity. And uh, it's like, how much, how many people are buying stocks because they genuinely understand Tesla's balance sheet? And how many people are buying uh, Tesla stocks because they right. think, they're like, oh, Elon went on a podcast the other day and he smoked with Joe Rogan. He seems pretty cool. Let's buy shares in the company. Shares are almost like likes now. And I, I just find that really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, and, and I fully um, appreciate what you're saying about, you know, it shouldn't stop you from doing things that you, you, you don't understand, but it should help or make you try to understand them. So, you know, the last month I was, before that I wanted to invest in crypto, but I, I, I stopped myself and I said, you know, until I understand at least the basics, I'm not going to invest in crypto. So I spend the two weeks during the Christmas break understanding and learning what it's about, what it's there for. And that's, that's when I actually put my money in. So I actually believe in the, the long term, or at least myself, understand what the risks are and then mm -hmm. understand how long I want to keep my money in that space for. Yeah. I'll take one more question from the comments. And it's actually a very good question. And then we'll move on to the rapid fire questions. Um, it's from Finney Banks, and it's how do you get to the point when you know? They'll, yeah, exactly. There'll, there'll never be a point where you know. I think it's always a, a learning process, but I think the key is to at least understand the time frame and the risk capital and the risk associated with that investment. So I think those are the two things that you should look for: is how long do you, do you want to keep your money in into that investment for, and what are the risks are. So, you know, if, if you were, if you are uncomfortable, if you were, if you, if it was making you have sleepless nights investing in stocks, then, you know, it might not be for you. Whereas if you understand that stocks can go up and down and you want, you could lose five pounds one day, make 10 pounds the other, you know, that will make you understand what the risks are and then be able to um, live with those risks. And then obviously, hopefully uh, benefit from, from th those investments because, you know, there's no risk without reward, but, at least having an understanding and also the second point i'd say is once you do invest in that space you will you'll probably learn a hell of a lot more right so mm -hmm. once once it was only until i started investing in in funds and stocks and shares it's when i understood what it was actually all about yes so it's really good um to build upon what you said really good that you talked about um the di difference between um knowledge and experience because that's what we spoke about last week with joy um, from the finance workout. Yeah, um, you will never have complete information about something. Um, you can read about investing from night, um, from day until night, um, but it's only when you begin to do it that you will learn on the job. But to have a stab at answering that question, because I think it's a great question, how you know when you know, I think it's when you can explain what you're doing to someone else and have them understand if you can explain and like if you can explain it to a child if you can, can explain, explain explain like i'm five 
Yeah, if you can explain your investing thesis, why you're investing in a company, why you're doing anything really, X, Y, and Z to a child and have them understand, I think that you're, you're in a good position. Um, if, if the reason why you're investing in something is because it's going up or because the next person is investing in it, then um, maybe you want to go back to the, to the drawing board. Um, okay, and I'll just, this is a quick one from uh, Kish. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many years have you been investing? Um, so it's just only the last year since I discovered investing. Um, awesome. So, and that's when, so maybe two years before that, you know, I was looking, so I've always been in the investment investment um, industry, funnily, funnily, funnily enough. Um, a lot of my clients are actually um, big mutual funds and hedge funds, etc. But I never actually understood what they were doing that was beneficial for me as a client. So I never invested in them. And then since I had some surplus cash that I put aside for investing, that's when I started to pick up the books. I think it started with, you know, Ramit Sethi's book, I Will Teach You How to Be Rich, was, was a good one for that. Um, the, the Intelligent Investor is also a great one to understand value in investing, yeah. which is what I'm reading right now. Actually, make, I think Making Money Simple, so Ryan's Insta page and his ebook is probably the best place to start with investing because he explains it in such a simple way that when someone asks yeah. me how to invest in index funds, I send them, I send them straight, straight to his way. I think it's a yeah, great, great true. start. That's a hallmark of um, great content. And of course, Ryan was very, uh, was kind enough to, to come on the Mr. Money Jar show um, last year. So cool. Um, yeah, uh, just a few few questions for you. So what's been your biggest financial achievement to date? Oh, that's, that's a great question. I think the, the, the last year really nailing down on my finances, um, like I said earlier, I got to a stage where after working three years, my finances hadn't gone up since the day I started. And and the last year was when I really knuckled down and really used these principles that I spoke about today. I managed to save enough, hopefully, for a house deposit um, in one year. And it was it was incredible that, you know... One year? Yeah. We'll be clear, it's not a house deposit in London. It's a house deposit outside of London. Um, but still... Hopefully it's, it's, it's still saving for a house while still putting money aside for investments and putting money aside for other things that, you know, still having some fun money to, to enjoy. But doing all those things, but really knuckling down. So really being intentional with my money um, and only putting money aside where I want to, that's going to improve on my life and, and, my, and my experiences. Mate, you should have opened with that. That's a fantastic achievement. Awesome. And um, average house price in the UK is um, just under 250-odd um, K. So 10 15% of that is still a sizable chunk of money. That's awesome. Um, what money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago? I think, I think to begin with, it would just be read and understand. I think for me, I focus on money psychology a lot on my page. And it's understanding principles like, you know, a, a career you know a career is enjoyable and you might enjoy it but you know 10 years ago I would have thought a career was what I needed to do to be rich but you know it's completely like, turned it turned it against its head it's kind of you know you still I still enjoy my career but I also be, need to do other stuff to ensure that I'm building wealth um, have that emergency fund and have that for my future self um, 
And also, again, I think a lot of people say this is investing early. The earlier you can invest, it would have compounded and grown by now a hell of a lot more than, than what it is right now. Yeah, there's nothing more heartbreaking than looking at the uh, a compound interest calculation backwards. Let's just let's just look forward on that one. Um, if you were to win the lottery, let's say you were to win um, ten million pounds, how would you allocate that money? Yeah, that's that's an, that's another great question. Um, so I think I think it starts with just like paying off the debts of all my family. So any, if anyone's got a debt. I just want that gone because I think when you've got debt out your way, you can just kind of, your money that comes in every month is kind of the money for yourself that you can use to invest and grow. Yeah. Um, so that, that would, that would be the starting point. And then, you know, I'd look to set up myself for the future. So I'm really into, well, I really want to get into property and I really enjoy the multifaceted side of property. So looking at the fact, you, you know, you're still working on the financial side. Property involves finances, involves design, involves talking with people, meeting people, learning, um, and just getting stuck in, stuck in with property and having that capital available to invest and use. Um, and obviously charitable donations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally it'd be, you know, experiences. Um, so, Take, maybe taking a year out of work and just using that to travel and, and enjoy and um, have experiences. Love it. Um, and then looking forward, uh, what are your long-term money goals? I think you've just just touched upon them. So get, getting into property, but anything, anything else? Um, financial independence is something that comes up a lot. Yeah, I know, yeah, financial independence is a funny one. I think... I think I'd be aiming towards that, not because I want to be financially independent. I really enjoy my career. I really enjoy my work. I really enjoy having that side of that professional world. Um, but what I like about financial independence is that it gives you options. So, you know, I, I had a, we've got a friend at work who in the same year managed or bought a house and took a sabbatical for the year. And that was based on seven years of working hard and saving money. And so, Essentially, what the what the moral is is that money gives you options, yes. um, and having that saved up is you know if I wanted to take a year out and spend time with my family, my partner, hopefully kids in the future, then I could do so. Whereas if I didn't have that side of things, I'd you know I'd be forced to do other things that maybe I wouldn't want to do at that time. Yeah. And then the final question for me is, uh, what does success mean to you? Yeah, this is this is another great question. I think for me, it's providing value and being passionate about what you're doing. So, you know, I could sit here, you know, the last six months, every every week and evening, I've been working on the page and building the website and doing other things and trying to provide value. And I'd happily do that because I'm passionate about it. So if I'm continuing to provide value to people and, you know, seeing other people grow, you know, both mentally and physically and financially, then... That, that to me is success because, you know, we're all on this journey together and we're all looking to grow. And, and, and that's the way I want to see myself and other people is just going in one direction, which is towards what they want to do and towards their goals. Yeah, well, I'm sure through the conversation we've had today, you provided a tremendous amount of um, value to people. We've had people asking questions in the chat and um, showing you some love. So that's been great. Um, before we wrap up the conversation, um, anyone you want to shout out and anything you want to plug yeah cheers no i think yeah there's a lot of people that i could shout out in the personal finance community i think 
people like, you know, Mr. Avocado, yourself, the Money University, um, so Charlie from Money University, obviously, Niaz and Shaq from Millennial Money, you've got Ryan from Making Money Simple, you've got Katie from Penny Mix. I think these are all absolutely incredible people that are doing incredible stuff right now. And, you know, they're just helping people really break down and understand money. Um, there's another friend of mine from back of university, Hashtag Ash as well. He's kind of the guy who helped me to set up my own page and give me the confidence to, you know, do do stuff like this because he, he was the one that, in our friend circle, that did it first. Oh, right. Cool. I don't, I don't think I've heard of Hashtag Ash. I'll have to check, check him out. Yeah, I think his Instagram page is um, Wealthy Mind of Ash. Okay, I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Cool. Well, everyone, that brings us to the end of today's chat. Um, big thanks to you, Bev, for coming on and sharing your knowledge and expertise with everyone. Thank you to everyone at home for tuning in. Um, I really do, and I do mean this, I really do hope everyone is fine um, in this lockdown situation. It is, it is quite tough. It looks like we're, we're going to be in it for the next four to five weeks at least, so um thank you for yeah coming showing up every week and taking part in these conversations because these are, are definitely a highlight of, of mine and uh yeah we're going to be back the same time next week monday at half past six so hope hope everyone has a great rest of the week thanks to me for having me speak to you soon take care take care bye bye